take your Bibles, open uh, to Mark chapter 16 and verse 15. Mark chapter 15. Mark chapter 16, verse 15. Mark chapter 16, verse 15, the Bible says, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the privilege to be in your house. We thank you for the salvation you gave us. We thank you for your goodness your grace, and your mercy. Thank you for what you have done in our life. Lord, as I, by your grace, bring the subject of missions this morning, I pray that you give me grace to deliver your message. I pray and ask for your help, and I pray that you will speak to us through your word. Lord, Missions is something that you accomplished, and it's your program. Help us that we will see the need, and that you will encourage us, and that you will use us for your work and for your glory. I pray and live for a pastor that you watch over him and his wife today and give them tribal mercies and bring them back safely. Father, thank you for reaching us with the message of the gospel. Without missions, without the gospel, we will still be lost. God, we thank you for Jesus whom he sent from heaven, came down upon his earth and went straight to the cross, became the sacrifice, paid the price of our sin, that through him we find hope, through him we have salvation, and through him someday we will stand in the shores of heaven. Thank you, God. We don't deserve it, but because of your love and your grace. Help us as I share the thoughts on missions this morning. That your name be glorified. And I pray for somebody that is lost today. May that person come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. God accomplish your will. This time I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Just recently, I believe that our pastor did a great job emphasizing about missions and emphasized about giving a faith promise for missions. Truly, if you would ask me, how did you get here? How did you end up in the United States? I can tell you how I got here. Let's speak of missions. I wasn't born in a city or I was not born and raised in a town. 
I was born and raised outside of the city, of the town, where you walk barefoot, where you walk through the jungles, cross the rivers and climb hills, where you eat without spoons and forks, where you eat, you live off the land. But many, many years ago, um, somebody from the state of Ohio, I don't know much about his background or what kind of family he had, but God called him to be a missionary, and he went to the mission field of Papua New Guinea. As a teenager, he would mow the yard. And every penny that he mowed the yard, he would put in the mission's plate. And God didn't, he didn't know that God would someday call him to be a missionary. But God called him to be a missionary. And he's still a missionary, preaching the gospel and sharing the message of salvation in my hometown. God made it possible for me to get to the Christian school who was who ran who was who started a, who was started by a missionary by the name of John Gray I wasn't saved then back then uh, my family decided they would put me in a Christian school I was in, interested in education but I was not interested in church I had no interest, I had no hope, I had no desire to be in church. But the first day when I showed up in a Christian school, missionary, uh, who is the administrator, he said, um, there are rules in this Christian school. I said, okay. He said, uh, to be in this Christian school, you have to be in church. He said, you have to come for Sunday school, you have to be here for main service. You have to be here for evening service. You have to be here for Wednesday prayer time. And you have to be here for Saturday cleanup and go out and pass out gospel tracts. Now, was I saved? No, I wasn't saved. I did all those just so, so that I can have an education, a good education. I would show up every Sunday. I walk about two miles. I don't have to be, I mean, he said, if, I, if, you, if you are late, you'll be punished. I'm very grateful for that missionary. And my thinking was, once I graduate in that Christian school, I'm out. I'm out. You know, I, I hated, the more I went to that Christian school, I hated, I hated church so much. Because every time when the missionary would preach and give an invitation, I was under conviction. And uh, God spoke to me through his word. I was convicted because I knew I was a sinner. But during the weekends, I would go out and, uh, with those workers in the church, and I would give out gospel tracts and invite people to church. But I, was, I myself, I was lost. You see, I was just, I was just fooling around with God. I was portraying, I was, I was, I was not who I was. I was trying to be, pretending to be somebody, but I was not. 
But then after two years, after three years, in 2007, I walked through the door, and I will always sit in the same place that I sat. And this time, missionary preached, and he said something that God really used to to help me. He said, there are doors behind you. The same door, you will get up and you will walk out. But he said, you never know what's what you're going to walk into. He said, if you leave this place without being saved, that you will walk out and something happened, you will die. And when you die, you will step in hell. And you open up your eyes and realize it will be too late. And he said, God knows all about you. You can come in and fool the preacher. You can come in and fool others. But God sees who you really are. Oh, I sat there and that, that God really, that really humbled me down. And I realized that I was being a hypocrite. You see, I was lost, but I was trying to do good. But that, that was not good enough. I realized that I was a sinner. I realized that I, I, need, some, I need to make things right with God. That day after he preached, usually every time when he would give an invitation, I was the first person to get out there. Because I, the invitation made me in, uh, just uneasy, and I hated it, I hated it, and I hated it so much. I even hated my missionary. He didn't know. In case, I have never told him. <laughs> but Spirit of God, Holy Spirit of God, worked in my heart. One thing I realized is Spirit of God is wanting you to do something, and if you're fighting against it, you will never win. You will never win. And the Spirit of God, will, will, He will keep grinding you down. He will keep grinding you down until you say, Okay, God, I surrender. I give it to you. That day, that Sunday, the church was over and everybody left. And I, I was the only one I sat down and missionary walked straight up to me and said, Do you need help? I said, Yes. And I said, I'm lost. I want to be saved. And he was so surprised. He thought I was saved. He opened his Bible and showed me the scriptures. And he said, it's between you and God. Tell God from your heart. You do it. It's between you and God. Bow my head and I said, God, I am lost. I want to be saved today. I want to put my faith and believe in Jesus, that he died for me on the cross. He paid the price, the depth of my sin. And he died and was buried and rose again. God saved me and used me. And I didn't know, the day I walked out, I was different. The one thing that was really in my way after I got serving the Lord was, my culture. 
My grandfather was a chief in the village. So if, you, if you're part of that inheritance, nobody in your clan want to mess around with you. My grandfather was so wicked and so powerful, demonic, demon possessed. People in the village, the clan feared him. But he died, he's in hell today. My, my people, my clan, they had high expectation for me because I would be a good leader in my clan. I'll be like a chief. I'll be a chief in my clan. But after God saved me, God changed my passion. God gave me the desire to serve him. And after I got saved, God gave me the desire to serve him, to love the missionary and be in the mission, be in the church property and serve the Lord and do what God wants me to do. I didn't have any plans after that. I never know that I would end up in the United States. I never didn't know that I would be standing right here. Didn't know that, didn't dream that I would be living in a prophet chamber. But God worked in mysterious ways to brought me all this far. You see, it's a good thing to be, to be saved. It's, it's a good thing to serve the Lord. And sometimes you sit back, look back to the places that God has helped you through. It's incredible. It's amazing. Sometimes God uses those places to, to, to use your life so you can help others to see, hey, God, God works. God is there. God will, God will lead you through and help you through. I was working in Advict, and every time I ran a machine, I, I kind of be thinking, this is, this, is what, this is not what God called me to do. God called me, God wants me to preach and want to share witness and uh, places that he wants me to go. You see, I could easily just push missions on the side and say, hey, this is great. I can just live in the fine apartment. I can come to church and make a lot of money. Nothing wrong with that. I can do that. But the will of God in my life that God has called me is far more important than anything else in this world. Serving the Lord is the one of the biggest things, the amazing thing in this world. Remember the story I joked that I told you first? A taxi driver and a priest. It is true. Each one of us sitting in here will stand before God. And that day will reveal <coughs> the genuineness of our love, our labor, and our service for God. Some of us will be ashamed when we stand before God. Some of us will regret. But that day will come. Missions. You say, can I be involved in missions? Yes, you are. You can. See, the day that God saved you, the day, that was the day that God put you on the missions. All of us, we are in the missions, the mission of God. 
Mission, the term is not really present in the scriptures, but it gives you the idea. It, gives, it explains. It shows you what missions is. We see missionaries come through the doors of our church. But we don't really understand how to be a missionary. Missionaries are not hired. Missionaries don't receive paychecks in a month. Missionaries depend on God to provide the funds for the missions and the work they do. Missionaries live off their comfort zones. Missionaries go to places that sometimes people never been. Missions, missionaries go to a place that sometimes they don't even uh, drive a car. They walk. A life of a missionary depends on God. But a mission is the work of God. In fact, missions is the heartbeat of God. If a church doesn't invest in missions, then the church has no business in the work of God. If a believer doesn't invest in missions, that missions, that believer doesn't have a heart for God. Do you know who was the first missionary that came into the world? In fact, he was a king. His name is Jesus. Our God left the glories of heaven, was sent from heaven down upon this earth. In fact, when we look at Jesus Christ, when he became fresh, uh, became a flesh, became like one of us, in the days that he was on this earth, he didn't drive a car. He walked miles and miles in the sandy desert and dust, and he preached to thousands and millions. And there is no record in the world of a king who could walk miles and preach and show his love for people. I mean, when we look at a king, we think of a high throne riding on the chariots and horses and uh, in a, dressed in a nice robe garments. And uh, people cannot, like you and I, cannot get closer to the king. Recently, they the queen died and then they just had a coronation for the king. Uh, I don't know if you watched, if you watched the, the, the coronation day, the parade and the, the crowds of people and uh, how the ceremony went. But when our king came, there was no nothing. He was just humble, a king. A God who was built with power and glory who could, who could do anything. We've seen his miracles that he turned water into wine. But how could king so powerful could humble put himself down to match to our level to show us the greatness of God? The first missionary was Jesus Christ himself. He came from heaven and went straight to the cross. And paid for our sin with his own blood. 
with our own body. Died, buried, and he rose again. He went back to heaven, but he promised that he's coming back again. That is the work of the missions. In here, this whole passage of Mark chapter 16, it was like a going away ceremonial. He was given a charge to the disciples. But he gave the great commandment. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Whose work is it? It's our, our job to do this. Church, it is our job to preach the gospel to every creature. Church, it's our job to share the gospel to the whole entire world. You see, look at us. We are Sugarand Valley Baptist Church. How many of us? We're probably about 50 of us. Is How could we go around the whole entire world? Even some of us, if we go the whole entire world, we will not even make it to even some part of the world. We might die even right before we start the journey. The whole world, what is the world? You see the map back there? That is the whole entire world. We see Africa, we see China, we see Europe, we see Australia, we see, we see, we have the whole entire world at the back of the, our the, the church wall. Who is responsible for that wall? Us. We are responsible for the whole entire world to hear the gospel. We are a small group of people. How could we go and share? How could we go? It's impossible. But are we missionaries? Yes, we are. But God doesn't call everybody to go to the field. God doesn't call everybody to go and travel around the whole entire world. But God has gave us the opportunity to reach others with the gospel. Missions. Everywhere we go, we see people Unsaved, lost. And these people are trying things to find answers. They're, they're finding hope. Some are using drugs. They think that it's going to make them happy. But the more drugs they take, destroys their soul, destroys their body. Some are trying maybe, maybe go to the gymnasium trying to stay healthy. They spend their whole entire life in gym and they they. They get on the treadmill and they try to look healthy and young, but that doesn't bring satisfaction, doesn't, doesn't bring help to them. Some are saying maybe, uh, this I'm, I'm talking about the lost people. Some say maybe making more money will bring them hope and satisfaction. I see them at a job and uh, some people just, just there seven days and uh, working their body off. The more money they make, there's nothing wrong with that. Some are 
try and try and find answers, but they don't really know the God who gave us this life. That through Him we find hope and satisfaction. Seriously, we who are saved and by the grace of God. I mean, we are satisfied in Christ. Salvation is the biggest thing that God has given us. Hey, you can be saved and have nothing in this world, but know that you have a hope and satisfaction. It all comes from Him. How much riches can man have to be satisfied? How much Houses can men have men own to be satisfied. You see, life without God, there is no satisfaction. Life in God, it brings complete satisfaction in God. In Genesis chapter 1, we see God formed us in, out of the ground. God made Man out of the ground. And out of the ground, this was the statue of a man. One thing that was special that God did for us is He breathed. And man became a living soul. We are special. God made us above all the creations, above all the creatures. We are unique. And we are very special. God made, in fact, the Bible says God made us in his own image. That is an incredible thing about us human. But sin came in a way and destroyed us. But Jesus came to restore what was ruined by sin. Many of us sitting here, in our body we carry the marks of sin. But the glorious day is coming and God will restore this whole entire body to new. Missions. God commanded us. I believe many of us, one of the biggest things that we will answer when we stand before God is about missions. What do we do in missions? If you didn't give in missions to help missionaries, you will answer God for that. If you didn't even share the gospel with somebody by giving them gospel track and telling them about Jesus Christ, you would answer for that. If you didn't pray for missionaries, you would answer to God for that. If, you, if your heart was not in missions, you would answer to God for that. Somebody cared enough to bring you the gospel, and you are saved today. Without missions, there would be no Sugar Run Valley Baptist Church. You know how, I don't really know how this church started. But I know one thing for sure is somebody that God used, somebody who got saved, knew much about God, and somebody started this church. And we are here. And we are enjoying the blessings from God because of somebody's labor who answered to God to start and build this church. Somebody used by God Lay the work, and we are here. 
we will answer how much we've done for missions. When Jesus Christ come back the second time, I believe the work of missions will end. Everything will end. But who gave the authority and the great commission? Jesus Christ himself. We are commanded to go into all the countries. And God has given us the power to perform these duties. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 and 20, the Bible says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, Go, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth, go into all the world, therefore, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. The mission. My friends, I don't know if you realize it, we are in a missions. But the thing is, are you active in the missions? Is your heart in missions? Are you, what are you doing for missions? We are in the missions. But the thing is, are you active in the missions or you are not active in the missions? The day will come when we stand before God. Who can be in missions? Every born again person. Every believer. And it is our responsibilities. Second point, the message. What is the message? It's a good news about Jesus Christ. Second Corinthians 15 verses uh, Three and four, the Bible says, For I have delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. It's the, third, it's the dead burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is the message that Jesus Christ was God himself, came down from heaven, and he came and went to the cross and died for our sins. After he died, he was buried and he rose again. That anybody who will put their faith and trust in him, that God will save them from their sins because of what Jesus Christ has accomplished. You and I, we know that. And that is the message. Don't you know one of the biggest blessings that God gave us is the mouth to speak? And talk. What would it be like if God would take away the mouth? This thing, this pulpit doesn't talk because it doesn't have the capability to do it. But gave us mouth so we can glorify Him, so we can praise Him. So we can worship him. And one of the ways that we can worship him is by sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And uh, many of us, we're grateful that we live in a land where we're raised and born. We use English. 
I wasn't born and raised to speak English. I apologize many times I tried so hard, and I will never get it. But that's okay. I was born and raised in different languages, but sometimes I had to force to speak English, to share the gospel with somebody else. You see, it's just from your voice. You, you share the gospel, you share the good news. You don't have to know, know whole lot of Bible verse from Old Testament to New Testament. There are simple scriptures that you can use. It is not your power that changes somebody through the scriptures. All we have to do is just share the scriptures, like John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And pigeon, build on one of God and like him, man made it too much, let this build a ground, or say, I'm silent, picking in through them, come down, let me die, let do I cross the sin, blend him. Who said, man, men believe, Lord, am, by not lose, but give him life, all time, all time. We can use that scripture to share with somebody. We are the channel. The word of God flows from us to somebody that is lost. Sometimes it is, if you, if you, if you cannot approach somebody, you can give them the gospel track. What happens? You take the gospel track and give it to somebody. And uh, God uses you and flow the gospel, the good news through you to somebody who received it and they read it and they get saved. And you are the channel that God uses you. The message, the good news. We hold the message that could, say, that could change somebody's life in our hand. See, when we don't share it, that means we are closing it from somebody else. And we, don't, when we, and we don't open it to somebody else. We are sending them to hell. Everywhere you go, you meet a people. Every restaurant you go and dine, there is a waitress. You never know waitress is lost or saved. What should we do? We give them a tip. A good way to give a tip is give a, give a big tip. Put it in the track. So you're giving a big trip. Which one values? Is the big tip values? Yeah, thank you. In the lost person's eyes, the big tip values a lot. But the reality is, it's the gospel trick, what's in there. It values. It values life from the earth to the destiny after death. The hope of somebody's life, the loss, is on that track. And the person, because of your tip was so big, it pleases the person, maybe read the track, and he gets saved through the track. And he has a hope and home in heaven. Was the tip valued? It worked. But what was more valuable was the gospel. You see, you just went half of the world right in the rest, rest area. A rest, sorry, excuse me. In a restroom. Uh, in a restaurant. And you share, share the gospel. 
with somebody that was lost. Sometimes people who are saved, they have no desire to witness. They have no desire to share the gospel. They have no desire to help somebody. All they think of is themselves. I'm fine, I'm saved, I go to church, I read the Bible, I pray, I know the God. Forget about them, let them die, end up in hell. But you were just like one, one of them. Somebody cared enough to share the gospel, somebody cared enough to preach the message, and you heard the message, you got saved. We have the message of hope and salvation in us. <clears throat> Last point, the messenger. The mission, the message, and the messenger. Who is the messenger? You. You have the message, you are the messenger. You see, we see the postal society here in the state, how they do the post, post, how they deliver the mail. In the rain or snow, you see the UPS postal vehicle is still traveling, delivering the mails to the post of right at your house. Nothing stopped them. It is amazing. It is incredible to watch that. Why? Because... They want somebody to get the mail. They want somebody to get the message. Nothing stops the mailbox, mail truck. It goes down, zoom all the way to the back roads, to the town, to the cities, even traffic. There is a, it still goes. The mail driver has a job to do. They have to deliver the package. They have to deliver the message to somebody that is waiting. What if our life could be like a mail driver? We get a message and deliver everywhere we go and give it to somebody. It's amazing. We had a really good yacht sale yesterday. <clears throat> but it was not just a yacht sale. It is a part, it's a way of having unsaved people come in to know the church. Know that we are Christians. Know that we are different. So, those who were involved in a yard sale, they are like lights. They were lighting up in the parking lot. Those unsaved people driving and realized that, hey, this is a different place. This is a different location. And one of the person was handing them out track and inviting them. What was he doing? He was reaching the lost. My friends, we live here in this city. We know the gospel. We know our people, our neighbors. They are lost. But sometimes we just don't have a desire to reach them. How sad it is. It was better that God had not saved us. It was not better that God has not given us hope in heaven. It was not better than God has never changed us. We deserve hell. But God, by His grace, saved you, changed you, gave you hope in heaven, gave you all what you have today. You dress, you look nice, you're sitting in a good mind, good, 
You came to church because all the thing is that Jesus Christ left heaven, became missionary, and came down and accomplished all that, and somebody was reaching with the gospel, and through that person, you are here today. We are undeserving people, but by the grace of God. You might say, I have a good husband. It's because of missions. God worked through people that came to you. You say, I have a good wife. Praise the Lord. It's because of Jesus Christ. You say, I have a good Christian home. Praise Jesus Christ. It's because of him. You say, I have a good grandma. I have a good grandpa. Thank God. It's because of what Jesus did. Who is the messenger? Let me read one passage, one verse, as I wrap it up. Luke chapter 16. Luke chapter 16, verse verse 29. This is a sad passage. We know the story about rich man and Lazarus. God used these two people to show what hell really looks like. God used this passage to show the heathens that what they will expect if they reject Jesus Christ as their life. But also God used this passage to tell Christians, believers, us to realize if our loved ones, if they die without Jesus Christ, this will be the life that they will face in hell. You see, rich man, he didn't even care about anything. He had nothing to do with God. But he died. In hell, he opened his eyes. And in hell, he met Abraham. See, Abraham existed in the Old Testament. But how come he shows up in the New Testament? Rich man... Don't think rich man was lost his mind in hell. He didn't lose his mind. He was in hell in his perfect mind, but in agony and pain. You know what he requested? Send messenger. Why? He had five brothers. But Abraham told him, now he had a prophet and Moses to tell them about the tragedy of hell. But he said, no. They won't believe it. If somebody from the hell came back and tell you if hell was real, would you believe it? No. Just like this rich man didn't believe in hell. But when he died, he opened his eyes in hell. It was too late. But he requested somebody to go and warn his five brothers. Now today, do we still have Moses and the prophets? Nope. Who do we have today? It's you. You are responsible for the gospel.
I am responsible for, for the gospel. I always ask, could you truly say that who, would there be somebody in heaven because of you? Could there be somebody in heaven because of you? You gave a track, you stopped that person, you shared the gospel, <coughs> or invited that person to church and they got saved. Some of us are saved, but we will live our own life, we will die, we will go to heaven. We will not take anybody with us. It will be just us. Would it be great if you take somebody to heaven because of your testimony and what you did for God? In heaven, you look around and see. There might be somebody said, hey, I know that fellow. I say, do you remember me? He said, I don't know you. He said, one day, you handed me a track. I got saved. That's why I'm here today. Not everybody will be a missionary, go out in the... Everybody is a missionary, but not everybody will leave their home country and go to other places. But there are missionaries who go there. On the back wall, could you truly say, tell me, how many of those missionaries do you know personally their names and their needs? Could you personally tell them, I know this missionary's name? In fact, some of us even, even know if we have a missionary. Some of us even know their names. How sad it is. But they are our missionaries. We give, we pray, we support them. But could we even know their names? Write their names on our Bible, on a notebook, in the page of our Bible, leave it there. Every time we open the Bible, we pray for them. Would it be better? Doing that is obeying the commandment, going to all the world. We are going with these missionaries in prayer. By doing that, we pray for these missionaries when they go to the field. We pray for them. We are helping them so that God could use them, win somebody to the Lord from the area where they are. Nobody knows how much you give for missions. But God knows. And God keeps a perfect record. Who could give toward missions? Us, all of us. I'm glad God didn't put amount. How much to give? But God leaves it on us willingly so we could give. You say, I cannot go out to other countries. But you can go as a helper, as a giver, as a prayer partner. God can use you. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, 21, as I conclude. The Bible says, They not up for yourself traces upon it, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven, where there neither more nor rust nor corrupt, where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will be your heart also. I ask you this question. Where is our heart? <clears throat> if our heart is in the work of God, it will reveal. 
If we truly love missions, it will show out. You say, how much can I give to help a missionary? There is no amount to it. In fact, you give it willingly. The work of missions is part of our life. You might think, you might not really know that you are in part of mission, but every individual person that is saved and known Jesus Christ as their Savior, they are missions. They are in missions. Reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I would not be here preaching. I would never be called to preach. I would never be a missionary if it was not for a church believed in the missionary, prayed and supported him, and he went all the way to New Guinea, and he led me to the Lord. Not just me. There are many others that God saved. If that missionary had to hire a plane and bring all those people just like me, bring them to the state, hey, see these people that God has saved, those people will fill up in this building. There would not be a place, room in this building. But there were other people's. Missions. I talk more about missions to help us so we can help others. But I didn't talk much about about the tragedy of hell. I'm glad that I will never be in hell. I'm glad you are. But the tragedy of hell is far worse than anything faced on this earth. I hear people use the word hell as a curse word or expression. But you don't really know what the life in hell is. Bible describes, Bible shows a little glimpse of it. <clears throat> Preachers will teach and preach on hell. But today in hell, there are people who rejected Jesus Christ and they are, they are in flames in hell. They are facing it. Some are crying in regrets, some are pleading for hope. But there is no hope in hell. Some, but the thing is, in hell, are you, would you be dead? No. But the pain and agony will never stop. It will never end. It will never end. It's endless. Then it's the penalty of rejecting Jesus Christ as your Savior. See, how hard is it to, is to trust and believe, put your faith in Jesus Christ, that he died, buried and rose, resurrected. And by faith and trust in him, what he's accomplished, God will save you. It is so sad that some people reject the simple plan of salvation that Jesus Christ God has offered to us and they would not want to accept but they would want to work for it. I heard that people torment themselves for salvation. I hear people who go and worship in idols so they can have salvation. How sad it is. Yet God has showed the gospel, how you could be saved in a clear wide world in a clear place. Yet, people rejected it. 
and they die and go to hell and face the torment for eternity. I'm glad I'm not going there. But the questions I want to ask, could you 100% truly say that I'm saved? I know I am. I am pretty much sure that I am saved. I am a child of God. Could you 100% sure that you can say that you're saved? If you are, what would you do? The command to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Could you pray? Could you give? Could you witness? Could you help get the message to others? If you are doing it, are you tired of doing it? Are you doing it hard-heartedly or wholeheartedly? Sometimes pastor speaks on giving in. Uh, it feels like it's like he's putting a whip on the church people. No. Pastor is just emphasizing what you already know, what God commanded in the Bible, what you ought to do. He's just emphasizing. It is so sad that some churches, if you, if, if you, if you are doing, if, you, if God called you to be a missionary and you're going through churches trying to raise support and do your ministry, you will realize what a missionary's life is. Sometimes we walk in the church and realize if this was a if this, was a, if this was a church. Missionaries sometimes find so hard to raise the support they need to go to the field so they can plant a church and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Sometimes they go to the churches that God's people are so hard-hearted. They don't even care about missions. They have nothing to do about it. There are times we go to church and we walk out and I, I, I kind of realize, did I just walk, did I just attend the church or walk out? Sometimes pastors don't even, some, there are some good pastors, but there are some pastors that they don't even have nothing to do with a missionary. And uh, you shake hand and you walk out and you're like, did I just shook a hand with a pastor? A life of a missionary is a complete trust in God and faith. Sometimes you don't expect anything. It is hard. You say, why don't you get a job and earn a living? That's possible. That's, that's pretty easy. That part anybody can do. But if a missionary resigns and get a job, then who will take the gospel? Who will go preach to people that, that never had the gospel? Would you go? Let's say you go. So you go back home, and if your wife is here or not here, you go back home, you tell your wife, hey, tomorrow we are, I will resign my job. And your wife is like, are you out of your mind? I'm going to resign my job, and we go pack, we go get on the deputation, we go sell our house. We don't have a house, we just go where we sleep, and uh, we'll leave our country and leave, leave everything behind get to the mission field and realize you don't have a medical what do you call 
You don't have medical insurance. You don't have health insurance. You don't have finance. You don't have nothing. All you have is God. And you realize how hard it is. It is that hard, but with God, all things are possible. Let's pray. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word this morning to remind us the greatness, responsibility, opportunity that God you've given us to be a mission minded. Father, there are people that are lost without hope. We're grateful that you saved us. You gave us uh, things that we don't deserve. We are in our right mind. We have a Bible. We know the Lord. We have hope. We have blessings. But what about those that are lost? God, I pray that you humble us for your work and your mission and the missions. What we can do help to take the gospel to people that are lost. And Father, we pray, we were so thankful for the missionaries that are on our back, wall of the church, the missionaries that we support. Father, we don't really understand what the struggles the missionaries face in the mission field, where they are at. We don't know what their needs are. But God, help us that we will help them. As being a part of our involvement in missions, that we will pray, we will give, we will support. Father, we live here in this town of Morro, or even around the areas. We are so blessed. Yet right after church, we will get off this church. We drive our own nice cars, get back to our home. We'll have a meal on the table waiting for us. All these good things, God, you have blessed us. But we know there are people that are lost. They don't have a hope. We find them everywhere, Lord. They put their hope in the things that doesn't give them salvation, Lord. I pray that God, you help us be more conscious and soul-minded and mission-minded that we can accomplish things for you, Lord. Help me as I finish this and hand it over to Bonnie. We thank you for saving us. In Jesus' name I pray. Eyes closed and have Bonnie come and uh, close.